Hello and welcome to another episode of Wannabe Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. My name is Tiago, I'm your host. I've been your host in 2021 and I'll continue to be your host in 2022. <laughs> welcome to a new year. I hope you had an amazing time in your New Year's Eve and you were able to disconnect. I sure was and I have some stories to tell you that... Uh, I'm really excited for to share that with you. So I will speak about my New Year's Eve and about my sailing trip. So this will be a topic in this episode. But yeah, let's get started by doing a little bit of a reflection. It's been a hell of a year, 2021. With COVID, with me quitting my job and focusing 100% in my projects, and um, as you know, in this kind of freestyle episodes, I have three sections that I try to touch. First one is the update on my projects. Second one, lifestyle of an entrepreneur. And third, tips and tricks for uh, bootstrappers and entrepreneurs. So let's get started with the updates on my projects. And here I want to speak or reflect a little bit on the year, as I was telling you about. Quitting my job was definitely both hard and simple at the same time. I knew deep inside that I really wanted to do this for a long time. And this was the perfect time. There was no perfect time. Everyone was working from home. My company, the startup I was working at, was actually recently acquired by my previous company, or not mine, but the one I worked. So... I started working at Trivago, then I moved to Weekend.com, and then uh, Weekend was actually acquired by Trivago. And I saw myself back in my the mothership. And I don't get me wrong, I love Trivago, I love the people there. It's just not working for me anymore. I worked there for three or four years, and uh, I just didn't want to continue. And I thought, okay, now it's the time. It's the time to try to do something on my own. So quitting was actually not that hard. I had some money saved. I had the unemployment money from uh, the German state. So the risk was quite low. What was interesting was actually what came after. Becoming an entrepreneur. Really, right? It's, it's a bit weird to say like this because I, I felt that I always had the entrepreneurial spirit. I loved hackathons. I started my own projects. But there were side projects. Doing it as a full time, it's a completely different story, I have to say. It started with an anxiety, an anxiety of not having a job, a paycheck, not having the benefits of working in a company. And there are a lot of benefits that you might not realize, like having a canteen. If you have a canteen, it's great to have food and meals being prepped for you and in Trivago the canteen was amazing I have to say it, it was really really delicious normally people complain about their canteens but I, I can only praise it. it was really really good I had great friends a social life when you have people to chat with every day you know especially if you're an extrovert it gives you energy and, and for me it really helped to have that sports so like you don't realize how your life circles around your company until you actually leave it. Or I guess it depends on which company you work. But in my case, I really realized that, okay, 
Trivago and my company and my job was a big, big part of my life. And now I have to create all of these things on my own. And uh, after that came a little bit of anxiety. And I convinced myself that I had to push it through. That I just had to create this mindset, this uh, tough, toughness mindset that uh, would help me push and motivate me to build my projects. I was building Change It at the time. And I started this podcast. I started this podcast as a way to keep myself sane, to, to share my thoughts and also to listen to them afterwards, which can feel a little bit weird and self-centric, but it helped me. I, I guess I'm more an audio person than a, than a visual person. So I'm listening to myself or listening to my thoughts helped me to organize my ideas and put things in perspective. And that's how it started. People liked it. And it started growing, but then it stagnated. It stagnated. I was recording every day, every day, which was quite fun in the beginning. But then it became a challenge. And I thought that the content was not good. And I decided then to change that to, to five days a week and now two days a week. Which is still a lot of work, don't get me wrong. Because now I record this one, which is much longer. Before the episodes used to be 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And it was great also to have this routine because I got a lot of people interested in me because I became part of their routine. Now that I'm only releasing twice a week, I guess it's harder to fit me in. <laughs> but hey, still, uh, things are improving. I have to say that I don't know if you remember when in my episode, the, a good marketing plan, I told you about the marketing plan I made to release my interview with KCD. By the way, that interview is reaching now more than 300 listens, so that's really good. But back then, I told you that I didn't know if I actually was able to get new listeners. But now I'm capable to tell you that, indeed, I, I have more listeners. So, And I wanted to get a little bit now into how podcasting works and how the listeners and listens are count and the downloads and so on, because I, I, I learned a little bit about it, especially because Wolfgang, and I interviewed him uh, a couple of times here, he kept on asking these questions. He's really good asking questions, and it's really important, by the way, to have friends that are also entrepreneurs, and they are critic about your work in a good way, not just criticizing to pull you down, but criticizing you to give great, great feedback. Don't be afraid of feedback. Feedback is crucial. There's a lot of people that always want to be perfect. Don't. I love when people tell me what I can improve. Seriously. Because sometimes I'm just lost. I don't know what to do. And having someone pointing that out to me is the best. If someone gives me shitty feedback. If someone just pulls me down. Especially on Reddit. That happens a lot. I ignore it. I see. Can I improve it? Can I use it? If I cannot use it, I simply ignore it. I know sometimes it's not easy. But it's the best you can do, believe me. Going back to the podcasts and how this, this whole thing works. So normally you have a provider, which is basically a platform that hosts your podcasts. I guess maybe it's not called a provider, it's a host, hosting platform. And mine is Red Circle at the moment. I started with Anchor, then I changed. If you, if you are an early listener, you know about this. Red Circle is really amazing. And the way it works is you upload your file to Red Circle and they distribute it through 
all the platforms. And the way they do it is with the RSS feed. The RSS feed is kind of looks like an XML filled with information. And every time you update or upload a new episode, it changes this feed. All the platforms, let's say for instance, Spotify, is always listening to these feeds and updates the information every time these feeds also changes. So if I update or upload a new episode, Spotify checks that out, downloads it and shares it with the world. But then what um, Wolfie was asking me is, how does Red Circle know about how many people listen to it on Spotify, for instance, right? Because Spotify probably will only download it once and then will just uh, cache it and distribute it through their listeners. So this is something that got me thinking because on Red Circle, I have all my metrics, right? So if you open Red Circle, I see how many downloads each episode has, which platforms are mostly listening or where are my listeners listening to my episodes and a bunch of other metrics. So I send a message to Red Circle. They are really great. They answer super fast. And what they told me is, first of all, what a download means. So a download is, it doesn't mean that you're actually downloading. You can also stream it. So apparently there are a certain of measurement standards that uh, is agreed upon in the, in the industry and measures what is a download. So I think, imagine, I, I don't know for sure, but you need to stream an episode for more than one minute, whatever, then it's considered a download. And uh, all of these measures are agreed upon in the industry. And that's how Red Circle knows if it's a download or not. And then apparently these platforms give this information to Red Circle. I don't know how they do it. I tried to ask if there was some API or something. They, they were not very clear there. But what they told me is that these platforms tell Red Circle how many people are actually downloading or listening to the episodes. And that's how they, they share. And then the big question, which is how big is my audience? How do I know? Because as I told you, KCD interview already got 300 listens, but that doesn't mean that I have 300 listeners always listening to my episodes. So how big is my audience? And uh, what they say is that most advertisers, so normally one of the way of making money with podcasts is selling ads. I don't do that, but obviously a lot of people do. And uh, what most advertisers look at is to your 30-day or 90-day post-release episode download numbers. So you release an episode, let's say I release a freestyle episode, after 30 days or 90 days, how many people actually listen to it? And that's the average audience. And the red circle also calculates that. And uh, so far I have 61 average audience. So 61 people listen to all my episodes. And it's it's been growing, definitely. Before KCD interview, I had less. I had, I think, around 50. So it's not a crazy number, for sure. It's it's And I'm, probably you're thinking, okay, Tiago, it's your full-time job. How come you only have this? The only thing I, I can tell you is that it's it's extremely hard. And I, I try my best. And uh, one thing, the only thing that I'm not doing so far is trying to be guest in other podcasts. I know this is great. It's a great way to also get listeners. But I don't know why. 
I, I have to, it, it's a lot of work. You need to send a lot of messages and I don't want to impose my participation <laughs> somehow. I don't know why. Maybe it's the imposter syndrome or something. But uh, besides that, I'm doing everything. I'm doing Twitter, Hindi hackers. I'm sharing it around. I'm tagging people. I'm interviewing people. It's just, it's really hard. And sometimes on, let's say, YouTube, right? YouTube is great because their algorithm shares your uh, your channels, right? So if you have, the, you, if you tick a couple of boxes, YouTube will do the rest and share it and you easily reach, well, not easily, but you can reach thousands of uh, subscribers in a short amount of period if you tick all the boxes and YouTube algorithm picks your content. So far, that is not happening as far as I can see for podcasts. I know that Apple does this a little bit. Spotify is starting that as well. But I don't see that rise. I, I feel that every listen or listener was conquered by me. I had to go and like kind of sell it door to door my podcast to everyone. So, yeah, it's it's tough. It's not easy, but it's a passion. And again, that's one of the things I learned you need to be passionate about what you're building because if you are not it's so hard that it's just not worth it just it, just find a job you'll get better paid for sure so it's that's how podcasting works another thing that i've learned about podcasting is that it's a great way for you to learn about a topic and the reason is that if you see i get to interview a lot of people a lot of experts and learn from them just because I have a podcast. I don't need to have a huge audience. They normally don't even ask for it. But I got to interview KCD. I got to interview Arvid, which are people that are quite big on Twitter. They, they are super busy. If I just had sent them a message and asking if we could chat for one hour, just for my own purpose, so just for, for me to learn, they would most likely say no. Or maybe they would ask me to pay. It makes no sense. But just the fact that I'm saying, by the way, I'm recording it and, and, and making a podcast out of it, then they already wanted to. And I learned so much with everyone. Everyone that I interviewed, more than 30 interviews, I learned with each one of them. And I can actually pinpoint everything I've learned. The misconceptions that I had about being an entrepreneur, about building a product, I feel that it's kind of a course. I, I, I have my own course, my own education of being an entrepreneur, a bootstrapper, just because I started this this podcast. And hopefully you also got to learn from these interviews because I share them with the world for free. So it's, it's a lot of value, I feel, just because I started this podcast. And um, sometimes I think, okay, I want to learn more about sailing, I should start a podcast. I want to learn more about sustainability, I should start a podcast. <laughs> just because it's a great way to learn. You know, you get to, to have a lot of mentors and uh, definitely that's that's something that uh, I would recommend everyone to do. And uh, yeah, that's my project updates. That's my reflection of the year 2021. For the 2022, I don't know. I really don't know. I hope to continue with the podcast. I'm excited to see how many people I will have in the end. If I will be able to make money or more money out of it if people will there's people still paying me coffees which is amazing it, it's the only way and i think people now start to realize that if they want this content to continue they have to support it somehow and i'm not doing ads i i hate them i i've mentioned that many times 
So a lot of people, they realize that and they, they, they buy me coffees, they become members, which is the best way to support me for sure. They join the community. So I think that things are changing and people realize that if they want good things on the internet, they also have to pay. So by the way, if you want, the link will be in the description and you can buy me a coffee. And uh, yeah, that's my reflection. Let's now go to the lifestyle of an entrepreneur. And uh, in today's section, I want to speak about my sailing trip. So I decided to pick up a bunch of my friends and spend the New Year's like that. It's, it's kind of a crazy idea because it's winter. I know it's Portugal and the weather is really great. And I checked the weather, but it's still a bit scary. I mean, it's winter. The seas are a bit rougher. And this is the freaking Atlantic. It was my first time actually sailing in the Atlantic, per se, or at least being the skipper in the Atlantic. I, I've sailed before, but not as the skipper. And things are much different. Like waves are much higher and bigger. And uh, it, it, it went well. Everything went well. Uh, there were just a couple of situations where the, the sea state was a little bit rougher. And I thought, oh my God, <laughs> what am I doing here with all of these people? It's, it's a huge, you know, responsibility. You have people that never sailed before and you bring them to the sea. And of course, I checked the, um, the weather and I, I got a lot of people that gave me advice so everything was under control but it, you know it's kind of you get turbulence or right? it's like an airplane if you have a couple of waves and so on you get a little bit of turbulence and uh, it's i don't know if i can see here some connection about being an entrepreneur but one thing for sure like i i was able to completely disconnect from work and that's my way of disconnecting there's people that like to go to the beach and just do nothing or read a book. My way of disconnecting is to basically put a different, completely challenge in my brain and focus on that. And I have to say, I was so focused in preparing the trip, making sure that we are going in the great hour so that we still have the sunlight because now it gets dark at like 5.30. So organizing everything, making sure that everyone was comfortable, doing all of this. It requires so much brain power that I was like sleeping for two days afterwards. And I, it's funny because I, I was feeling so addicted to Twitter. I was feeling so addicted to checking my stats on, on uh, Google Analytics and so on. And that all went away so fast. I was checking, I, I basically scheduled a lot of tweets and I could see there were people engaging with it, but I, I didn't have the energy. I just don't, didn't want to actually focus on that right now i wanted to focus on the trip enjoying it making sure everything would go smoothly so it, it's really interesting because that's really my way of disconnect and uh, now i'm back and i feel that it was only three days but i feel like completely relaxed and it's funny that for me my way of getting relaxed is actually to put more stress or a different kind of stress in my brain i don't know if that's good or not but uh, of course, I learned a lot. It's an area, it's a hobby that I love, that I want to become better at. I want to become a great sailor. And uh, so it's kind of a different thing. And I, of course, I always think, how can I improve this? How can I make tools and make money, create a business out of this hobby? And uh, I know that when I interviewed Alex, uh, she told me that it's okay to have hobbies 
that you suck at and you don't want to make money out of them but I, it's really hard for me I always think about it so i just want to say that it was a great way to disconnect it was a great way to be, be responsible and uh, there's it's something that i have this imposter syndrome sometimes i think i'm not good enough but at the same time i like to be in charge somehow and to organize and and be responsible um it, it's funny it's just the way i am and uh, i i always loved the idea of transporting people i i love the idea of being a pilot even though i was super afraid of flying and now i'm much better but uh, i love the idea of being a pilot not because of the adrenaline of actually you know flying a plane but because of the responsibility of taking people from a to b in a plane you know to take these decisions when you are under pressure i i, I love this and uh, I don't want to be crazy. I, I'm not even an adrenaline junkie, which is crazy. I, I, I don't like roller coasters. The idea of jumping off a plane with a parachute is something that it's like makes me nervous just to think about. But when I have this try to put everything under control and have, it seems that I have everything under control, it's something that I really enjoy. And uh, I guess that's why I also like to be an entrepreneur. And I like this possibility of having a team and somehow making helping the team reach certain goals so i don't know i this is just some thoughts that are coming to my head at the moment and uh, i think being a sailor and and sailing it's a great sport for this to get responsibility to to prepare things to endure during the tougher times because you know it's going to get better right so one of the things that happened to us is that when we are entering in in the river in lisbon so you're coming from the ocean, you're entering the river, and uh, it's kind of, I don't know what, what it's called in English, but it's kind of the entrance, right, of the, of the channel, and you need to, it's, it's, normally it's tough waters there, because there's a lot of different in-depths, right, so the ocean is quite deep, but then the river is not, so you can see that the sea state changes, and it's, it's uh, maybe 10, 5 to 30 minutes of rougher waters that you just have to endure, right? And it's, you know that it will get better, but you need the mindset to keep on going. And I think that's exactly the same with entrepreneur, but maybe the difference that you don't know if it, if, if it will get better. In that case, in the sea, I knew here I, I didn't know or I don't know, but it, it has to, right? If you keep on pushing and if you keep on adjusting your course towards a better course in entrepreneurship, it will also get better. So... I love sailing, and uh, if you if it's something that you might be interested, you should definitely check it out. Take some courses, everything with safety, of course. And uh, yeah, that's it for the lifestyle of an entrepreneur. And let's go to the last point, to the last section of this episode, which is tips and tricks and tools for bootstrappers. And uh, there's not a lot to talk about. I just want to talk about the um, one last tool, one tool that I'm, I started to use. I, I basically installed it, I guess, what, an hour ago or so. So I'm still very new to it. So I, I told you about Plausible, right? And Plausible is an analytics tool, super nice. I really like it. And I liked it more than Google Analytics just because of the UI. It's much more intuitive. All the information on Plausible is also on Google Analytics, but the way they share it is much better. I was doing a trial, then the trial um, expired, and 
I didn't want to pay because it was still a little bit expensive and at this moment I want to avoid paying anything that is not ex extremely crucial. So besides that, I think it's a great tool and, it, and if my company was making more money, I would gladly pay. Anyways, they also gave me a discount because I was praising them on Twitter. They, they gave me a discount they normally don't, so I really appreciate it and I might still go and use that discount, but in the meantime, I'm trying a different tool. It's called Split B. And uh, it's like B, like the insect. So um, splitb.io. I will link it in the, the description. So far, it's it's free. It's very simple. It's just a JavaScript snippet that you install in your website. And I I'm I like the dashboard. It's very similar similar to Plausible. You can see your unique users, your page views, your sources, which is the most important thing. Where are these users coming from? And uh, I just wanted to test it out, see if it works. One thing that I like about Plausible is that you could con connect it with your uh, Google console to see the keywords that were ranking the best. I don't know if you can do the same with SplitB, but so far it seems that you can also check your users individually, where they are coming from, which is great. You can uh, create some funnels. You can create some automations. For instance, a send a welcome email when someone subscribes to your newsletter. And you can also do A-B testing and, you know, split testing and so on. So it seems interesting. I'm, I'm just starting it now. Unfortunately, I cannot give you more information, but uh, probably I will be testing it. And next week I'll come with more information about split B. But it's, it seems so far quite cool, quite, quite intuitive. And I really enjoy the UI. So, yeah, that's the, the, the tip or the tool I want to share with you today. And uh, yeah, that is it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you do enjoy it and you want to support it, if you want the wannabe entrepreneur to continue in 2022, you can become a member. And uh, by becoming a member, you get access to a bunch of perks and you join our virtual co-working space for bootstrappers. It costs only four euros or $4.6 per month. And uh, you can support this podcast and join and meet other entrepreneurs. It's a really, really great place. The link will be in the description. Or you can go to wannabe-entrepreneur.com slash coworking. And if you don't want to commit to a monthly fee, you can just buy me a one-time coffee. The link will be also in the description. Sharing is caring. If you share this episode with your friends, your entrepreneur friends, that would really help. Also, it grow and of course giving a review. This was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you on Thursday. Portuguese lesson number four. One beer, please. Uma cerveja, por favor. Uma cerveja, por favor. Really important, this one.